The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to The Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. I'm your host, Terry Williams. Let's rise to new heights together on mindbodyspirit.fm. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes or so of the Art of Impeccable Soul Care here at mindbodyspirit.fm. You know, there are so many conversations that are really just worth picking up where they left off. And Today, my guest, who many of you have already heard here, Scott Stabile, and I are going to pick up a conversation we were having last week on being in a funk. And before I do that, I want to give you a deep bow, Scott, and a giant virtual hug and welcome you. Thank you so much for being here with me again. Thank you, love. It's so good to be here with you again. Yes. And... Both of us are at the, hopefully, the tail end of a cold, so we may clear our throats and um, sniffles and all of that good stuff, which is all part of the human race right now. So y'all get where we're going to be at, right? (laughs) Exactly. So last week, Scott and I were talking about being in a funk, and this episode is going to air, and we're going to be moving through the holiday season. And I think a lot of us experience a funk when we first hear the holiday season is approaching, and some of us might just be in a funk. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has coping skills, coping mechanisms, tools in their toolbox to help bring them back into the light. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Are you good with that? I'm great with it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Let's just start with, what is one of your favorite tools? What's one of your go-to tools Uh to bring you back, to pull you back to the present moment? Yeah. Before we dive into the tools or to lead into the tools, if it's okay with you, there's something I feel that's very important for me to say regarding the funk that I was just in, which is that my tools weren't working. Mm. And sometimes the tools don't work. And I, yeah. and I want to say that because I, I don't want to suggest that as we get into this conversation and speak about the tools that are useful to us and I, and they are useful and they are helpful that, that it's a cure all, all the time, right. Yeah. For whatever right. it is we're going through. And, and so for me, I guess this, this became a tool in this process of, of feeling really low and really ungrounded and really connecting with a sense of hopelessness and despair was 
in recognizing that the things that I typically do for myself that we can talk more about, like breath work, like meditation, like journaling, like taking walks, like conversations with good friends like you, those things were, they were helpful in the moment. Sure. Because they always are, because there is energy in those choices and in the, in those practices, but they weren't helping to really get me out of what I was experiencing. And mm. And I got to this place where I returned to the mantra, which is one of the mant- my favorite mantras that I return to often, which is, this too shall pass. And we all know those words by now. Yeah. Um, but man, those words are so true. Like they're always true. No matter what it is we are experiencing, it is not going to last forever. It is going to pass. And so as I was sitting in my funk and recognizing that the things that usually help steer me out of it aren't really doing it. Um, just recognizing that deep truth of like, Hey, this isn't going to last forever. Reminding myself this again and again. And it actually was helpful. It wasn't like suddenly I was sunshine and smiles, but it was like just this deep acknowledgement. This is just what's happening right now. This too shall pass. You will get to the other side. Mm. And I love that you wrote about that. Um, a week or so ago, the first time I heard that was in, from Sarah Bond Breathneck. I, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but this was in the 90s and she wrote a book called Simple Abundance. Mm. And it was a year long practice. And throughout that, she kept saying, This too shall pass, and this too shall pass, mm-hmm. and this too shall pass. Yeah. And so when you, I have chills from head to toe, when you sent that, it was like a light bulb for me saying, Yes, yeah. this too shall pass. It might take. A week, it might take a month, it might feel like it's taken a few years, mm-hmm. and yet it is going to pass. And the tools in our toolbox help bring us back to that present moment, mm-hmm. even if it's not passing yet. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. And, and even the words, this too shall pass, that's actually a tool. That became, mm-hmm. it became the, my most common tool in those weeks of feeling that yeah. way. And And really, I think sometimes it can seem like we're just heaping platitude upon platitude on a situation and it it feels meaningless because Mm -hmm. it's not really connecting with what we're going through. And for me, that statement, it really, for me, it connects no matter what I'm going through because it's not telling me it's not even saying every, it's not the same thing as saying everything's going to be okay or yeah. everything has meaning. It's just acknowledging like everything changes, everything yeah. passes. Yeah. You know, the good and the bad. Yeah. The beautiful and the ugly. It's always passing, it's always transitioning. Yeah. And it, it makes being in that space not more comfortable, it just gives you that sense of inner knowing. Right. It right. It's not necessarily more comfortable, but it is it, it's a little more spacious, maybe like a yeah. little more room to breathe within the discomfort. Yeah. Knowing that because I think the I think the a depressed mind, a, a struggling mind, an anxious mind can tend to try to convince us that what it is we're experiencing is going to last forever. Yeah. That there's no hope beyond what it is we're experiencing. That's the that's one of the the harshest lies of someone who's in a funk or in a depression or mired in their anxiety. It's this idea that there's no exit, 
Yeah. Right. And so we know it's a lie because we, we get to the other side of it. And then when we're in it again, we forget that we've gotten to the other side of it. But that's what those words offer. It's just that reminder. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in it, sometimes the only thing you can see is what you're in. Absolutely. Right. I, I mentioned to you earlier that I had listened to a woman yesterday who talked about that kind of that void of not everybody's depressed or has a lifelong, a lifelong experience of depression. And there's like this void. And for me, that's the funk, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's, I use the word funk, but I Mm -hmm. loved that word, the void, because that's what it kind of felt like when it's kind of, uh, when I heard this too shall pass. And then I heard her say the void. I'm like, Yes. Put let's put the two together here because the void will pass and not everybody has that experience of a lifelong depression and maybe they can relate to that knowing of this too shall pass. Yeah, and and I mean the other thing Terry that's been is important for me in general in my life and especially when I'm struggling is to look at look at what my mind is wanting to do with the struggle, which is so often try to judge me for being in a place that I see in some way as maybe unevolved because I haven't transcended to this place where I'm always in peace. I'm always in harmony. I'm always okay. And so what the mind does is it compounds the experience we're having with a bunch of self-abuse say, you know, like, you're less than, you're not enough. Why aren't you more evolved? Why haven't you gotten there yet? How could you be on a spiritual path for so long and still be struggling and still getting in funks? And so for me, what I'm I'm often considering when I'm in those places too, is just really being extra gentle with myself and really remembering that what what can be within my power, and even again, not always, but is just to recognize that the, the mind's self-abuse it's a lie. And when you when you can eliminate the self-abuse and the shame that your mind puts on you for being wherever you are in your life, in your story, then all you're left with is where you are in your life and in your mm-hmm. story. And, and somehow that releases a lot of the suffering so much. When I pay attention to what I'm going through, and I'm, I'm someone who pays a lot of attention to what I'm going through. This is my journey. I love, I, I love it. I love the, the, the work of healing and growth and awareness. I, I notice that so much of my suffering is, is created less by what I'm actually experiencing and more by how I'm judging what I'm experiencing. Yeah. By the mind. Again, you know, like you just said, it's it's all the mind. mind. It's all the mind. The thing about it is it's all the mind, but yes. And so much of it is just a story and just a false narrative. Some of it, when I think about it, it's like, where the hell did that narrative even come from? Because Mm. some of it is not anything I've heard from anybody else. It's just the screwing with myself. Yeah. I suspect we've heard, I mean, we we're getting it from the time we're ch- children. We're getting a lot of input about what is right and what is wrong and, and what we should think and what we shouldn't. And we internalize so much of it 
that it's, I mean, that's another thing I'm, I'm really looking at that this, this funk has called me to look at is like not just being really gentle and generous with myself Mm -hmm. and looking at the ways in which I project expectations on myself to be fictional versions of myself that don't even exist. I, I, an example I've used is I used to want enlightenment more than I wanted anything else. And that was my path. My path is to become enlightened. My path is to become enlightened. That was my focus. Everything I was doing was with the, the end goal of reaching enlightenment. And it created so much misery in my life because I was constantly judging who I was against the, the enlightened version of Scott and never living up to the enlightened version of Scott, but the enlightened version of Scott doesn't exist. It never existed. And and I find that we're doing that often in all areas of our lives. We're, we're judging ourselves against a version of ourselves that has never existed and may never exist. And then deciding that we're somehow flawed and not enough because we don't live up to something that isn't even real. It's insanity. I think the Buddha would call that as close to enlightenment as you're going to get. Right. You know, when you can see that within yourself, yes. the Buddha is going to tell you that is that is the answer, Scott. That awareness, what that literally, when I stopped chasing enlightenment in that moment, I'm like, this is the wisest you've ever been by letting go of the need to be enlightened, you know? Yeah, well, one of the things that I absolutely love about you is you don't hold the bullshit in, right? Mm-hmm. That that you share it. Yeah, you share so much your of it. humanness in order for people to elevate their own lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I think Terry, that's the invitation for all of us if we want it, if we choose to accept it. It's like apply what I just said around enlightenment, apply it to your relationship. Look at all of the bullshit we're fed about what a romantic relationship is supposed to be like, right? right. In the movies and the fairy tales and all of it, it's bullshit. And, and yet, social media just in social media, in everything, in it, in books, in TV, so exponential. Yeah, and so we we end up judging our relationships against a fictionalized version of what a relationship looked like. Apply it to your job. We believe that the job has to fulfill this and this and this. And if we're not living into our purpose and elated by the work we're doing, there's something wrong with our job. That is also not true. Like we, we build the, we project all these fictionalized versions of everything. And then we look at ourselves as less than because we're not meeting them. But when you look around and pay attention, nobody is living these things because they're not real. It's, a, it's fiction. And that's not to say there's not great value in the work, in putting work into your life and, and seeking more fulfillment and more contentment and more of whatever it is you're wanting, yeah. but not against this fictionalized version of perfection that doesn't exist. That just yeah. creates suffering. To just live. <laughs> to just live. To just you live. You just said it. If we stopped, right? If That's all we said, right? To just right. live. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. Right? You're a wise woman. No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, that's that's it. I, I remember somebody asking me for a long time ago, well, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I live. What do you do? 
And they looked at me. That was before it really became a, a talked right. about topic. Right. How do I make money? That's a different story, right? right, right. But I live. And sometimes it's a hot mess mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. Yeah. And that you talk about how you hold yourself to that now, to that standard that you allow yourself to live. Mm-hmm. And whether it's in a funk or whether it's in ultimate joy, it's all a part of who you are. Yeah. And sometimes I'm good with it. And sometimes I resist it and struggle. We didn't get to tools. We got to remember to talk about okay, tools. Okay. We're going we're gonna to take a break okay. for just a second for a commercial. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about tools. Before we go, though, I have a quote that I think is really fitting. And this quote is from a really wise person, <laughs> a very wise book. And it is called Just Love. By Scott Stabile. Yes. Okay. And this is the quote. I opened two quotes today, and this is the first one that we're going to read. I think it's fitting for right now. You are the most extraordinary version of yourself this world has ever seen. Just live. Yeah, just live. That will always be true. (laughs) That will always be true, right? Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we ended before the commercial with Scott Stabile and I talking about the opportunity to just live. And now we're going to talk about some tools, beginning with just love, right? Love is a beautiful tool, as we know. (laughs) It is a beautiful tool. Yeah. And, And I think leading up to the break, I could say that it's one of the most important tools and that you are an example of that because you love you you love yourself regardless of the funk or the shit even even when you have to come back and say okay this moment this too shall pass as yeah. you said right yeah you just love and that's that really is a practice thing that that is really available to all of us the the gift of of being loving with yourself it's not something i i'm was great at throughout my life until I decided that this is self-love is so critically important and I'm going to honor myself by showing up for myself with more and more love in the words that Mm -hmm. I say to myself, in the actions I take. And that when I'm not able to show up for myself in a way that necessarily reflects love, that I can still remind myself, Hey, you're human. It's okay. You are worthy. You are enough. And that is, that too is love in action. And that is a tool that the more we practice at, the better we become at it. You know, uh, what's a tool for you, another tool for you in the funks? Well, of course, my greatest tool is the shamanic journey, okay? Mm -hmm. And listening to the steady beat of the drum. And I think that's because it connects me with my heartbeat. It connects me back to the womb and it connects me to the sound of the universe. And it reminds me that I am the universe, right? That I am the universe, that I can, I can traverse through this terrain and still be the sun and still be the dark and everything is okay. Yeah. Right. Everything, everything just is, you know, you, you talked about this too shall pass. And during COVID, one of the 
one of the most popular quotes I remember hearing was, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is. It just is. It just is. It just is. And not everybody can, not, not everybody likes the sound of the drum. I don't know why. I don't. I think it's crazy, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love the drum. And that, that is my very favorite tool. Uh, besides loving myself and yeah. accepting myself without judgment. Yeah. That's really hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. To not judge. Yeah. So can we just accept that the parts that are judgmental? That for me is this practice of self-love. It's always expanding. It's understanding that there are parts within us that we're never going to like. And okay, can you accept the fact that some part of you is never going to like other parts of you, right? It's like, it, yeah. For me, when I when I move in that way, it creates more ease in my body. It's like it's entirely human to not be able to accept everything about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's entirely human. So why not try to just hold space for accepting that fact, yeah. right? And when I, there's always a deeper level of acceptance, you know, and, and you, you find you're getting, you're kind of getting to the core of acceptance when you feel more relaxed in your body. And if you're not, yeah. invite yourself to to reflect on accepting more. And if you can't do it, okay, that's fine. Can you accept yeah. that you can't do it, right? It's like we just, we're just so hard on ourselves. We, instead of making space for the possibility of just being relaxed about what we see as our limitations, yeah. right? It's like, okay, it's human. It's, it's fine. It is human. It is like, fine. I, a lot of times I use my dogs as examples and they'll snip at each other. You know, they, they get into these little sparring moments and two seconds later they're done. They're laying on the couch, they're wagging their tails, they're begging for a treat. And I think that's what we want as humans, right? We just want a treat. We don't know, you know, we, we might bitch a little bit and, and, and even, get scrappy within ourselves. And what we really want is a treat. We want the treat of love and affection. Yeah. 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 And relaxation, just peace. Yes. I feel we're going to, we're going to, this conversation is going to be over before it begins. So I'm going to start rattling off some tools. If that's okay, okay, that'd be great. And also I think what's important to say is that I really believe deeply that we, in, we intuitively know what we need to do for ourselves. And so part of Part of realizing that is just playing with different tools and figuring out ones which ones resonate with you. So breath work for me is a great tool. Meditation mm. can be a great tool. Walks in nature yeah. are probably the way shamanic journeys are for you. I think my number one is outdoors walking in the forest. Yeah. That is something that grounds me more than any other thing. Journaling. Journaling is such a powerful tool, like vomiting out onto the page in writing, whatever it is you're experiencing, especially if you're, if you're feeling angry and you journal onto that page, like motherfucker, like that is so incredibly helpful. Dancing, dancing with intention. It put on put on a song that you know will help you release whatever it is that's going on within you and go into mm-hmm. that dance with the intention of moving that energy. That is wildly effective for me. So I think I just listed like five or six things that are really helpful for me. I love that. And I would have to say drumming and being outside, if I can do the both both of them together. Yeah. 
that is, that's like an orgasm, <laughs> right? I mean, if I can drum and be outside together oh, yeah. and feel that hallelujah moment, yeah. and I am back into my, it's, I'm back into who I am. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm back into who I feel the best being, you yeah, know? Beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Okay. So yes, we did rattle off a few tools. Yeah. Can you give us an example of of a breathwork tool that might bring us back to the present moment and and help us feel a little bit more calm? Yeah, a great a great tool, a great relaxation breath is you take a longer exhale than your inhale. And when you do that, it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So so Inhale. Let's do it all together, everybody. So what we're going to do is we're just going to inhale for three seconds. We're going to hold for one second, and then we're going to exhale for five seconds. So I'll count. Ready? Let's inhale. One, two, three, hold. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Again, inhale. One, two, three, Hold, exhale, one, two, three, four, five. How do you feel? Mm, really like um, <clears throat> a sense of energetic ease flow is flowing over me. Um, one question though, I primarily breathe out of my nose, uh-huh. something that you shared with me a few months ago. And when... When we do this, is it more important to breathe out of the nose? It would be, it's preferable to breathe in and out through the nose. But if you have a stuffed nose, you're not going to be breathing in and out through your nose. You can breathe in and out through your mouth. What's most important is that when you're using a longer exhale, Mm -hmm. what you're communicating to your body is that you're in a relaxed state. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what gets triggered in your body. It, and so what you're going to feel is more relaxation. And you don't have to do three and five. You can do two and four. You can do four and six. You can do four and seven. You can you can do it however you want to work it. The, the key is just making sure that your exhale is at least a couple seconds longer than your inhale. Because mm. that's what stimulates that response. I also felt like with the exhale, the breath traveled lower, like down into my belly. And instead of, you know, like instead of just in the lungs, I felt like with the exhale, it went further down. Yeah. And that felt very releasing. Yeah. And probably grounding. And grounding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Can we talk for a minute about visualization too, which actually is a wonderful tool. And I know we're, we're closing out here soon. Yes. And when you're talking about visualization, why don't you mention that you have a workshop coming up where people can really get in depth into the visualization yeah. process. That's why, to be honest, that's why I brought it up. I don't want to pretend I was of just nonchalantly bringing it up. That's no. okay. <laughs> yeah. I do have a creative visualization workshop happening that starts on January 2nd um, until January 13th. And we meet Monday through Friday for an hour, Monday through Thursday, and then two hours on Friday for two weeks. And the intention, when the when the two weeks are over, you're going to have a journal filled with potent visualizations related to very specific, important areas of our lives. 
for example, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our partner or the partner we want to call into our lives, our relationship to abundance, financial and otherwise, our relationship to our creativity, our relationship to our physical health, our relationship to our mental health. Each day is focused on one of those themes. And each day begins with a guided meditation I'll lead us through. And then we get into a 25-minute journaling exercise that is all about intentionally visualizing how you want to be in relationship with all those areas I just named. And when mm -hmm. I'm speaking about visualization, I'm going to talk really fast. Is uh, You don't have to talk fast. Take your time. Oh, I didn't know if we were like out at 30 minutes. No, we're not. This is oh, my okay. show. I can take longer. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Tony's going to stick with us. Okay, good, good, good. I mean, I talk fast anyway. <laughs> I won't talk as fast as I was going to talk. Um, Thank you. Yeah, because when I... When I'm speaking about visualization, this is another tool I, I really love to use in my life. One, because it's really effective and two, because it's really fun. And it literally is the act of consciously, intentionally, creatively visualizing what it is you desire in your life. And I want to, can I use you as a guinea pig for a moment? Sure. I'm ready. Like what's something you desire? Can it be monetary based? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so right now, because um, there's a wedding coming up in my family. Yeah. I would like extra cash, okay. lots of extra cash. However, I'm open to however I'm going to receive it. Okay. So great. So, so m money for a lot of us is something that we desire for all of us. Yeah. It's something we desire. I'm, not, I'm not afraid to hide that. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm not, yeah. so, I need some cash. So what we tend to do, I think, when we think about having cash is we just, we visualize that. We visualizing have a, having a lot of money and we visualize the amount and dollar signs and, and whatever. And that's all great. But for me, what's so important and powerful in visualization is actually connecting to the feeling how it is you want to feel, not, you know, not just the thing, not just the sports car or the new job or the new relationship or the money. How do you want to feel? So as an example, Terry, you want some money in relationship to your daughter's wedding. So if I were, if I were inviting you to this visualization and guiding you, what I would encourage you to do is to think about things like this. Or if I were doing this visualization, it would be something like this. Oh, it feels so good to wake up with all of that money in my account, knowing that I am going to be purchasing all of these flowers for my daughter Molly's wedding. It's so exciting knowing that there's an abundance of cash to cover the hors d'oeuvres and the drinks and everything that I need. I'm so excited to be getting together with Molly today, knowing that money is of no concern. It's so thrilling to know I have everything I need for my daughter's wedding. It's it's that kind of dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's 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 the feeling. And did you see how I was even saying it? The energy builds and you start to With feel excitement. You feel it in your body. You take yourself to the place of having that money in your bank and what that is going to do for you. Waking up. How does it feel to wake up knowing that you have all this money in your account? How does it feel to go to bed knowing that you've made all the purchases that you need to make for the wedding that day, right? Like there's this sense of excitement. There's a sense of relaxation. There's a sense of joy. And the thing that for me is so 
extraordinary about visualization and more and more studies are coming out to support that when you, the, the visualizing actually does create manifestation. They're using visualization in, in sports, in college sports and pro sports with um, great degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Having the athletes visualize the moves, not just showing up for practice, but actually in their mind, seeing themselves doing what it is they they want to be doing on the field and having great results with that. So it's it works, which is important. But what what is so just as important for me is that when you're doing the act of visualization, you're living in the energy that you want to create. So you're actually giving yourself the joy in the moment instead of waiting to receive it by having received the manifestation of what it is you desire. Do you, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. 100%. It's like, why wait to receive your desire to feel how you you're going to feel once you receive it? Why not live into the feeling now? Why not gift yourself with that? Yeah. Like, so, so what I hear is that quote that says, um, in order to see it, to achieve it, but really it's feel it, feel it, to achieve it, feel it. Everything is energetic here. It's all energy. Yes. Feel it to achieve it. And if, if you spent it, so let's say you spend 20 minutes journaling or meditating into a visualization around having more money as it relates to the wedding and all the things you would do for the wedding at the very least, for one, it could do it can do no harm. At the very least, what you have given yourself is 20 minutes mm-hmm. every day of this abundantly joyful, energetic feeling in your being. And that can only be of service to you because mm-hmm. everything is energy here. And because energy builds momentum and attracts like energy, you're only contributing in some way to the realization of what it is you desire. Hmm. I feel like going through that two weeks process is also an opportunity. If you're someone who's in that funk Mm -hmm. to imagine that sense of peace or something every day. And if you gave yourself that tool for 20 minutes a day, 25 minutes of visualizing how you would feel peaceful, joyful, fulfilled, connected, loved. Yes. So that ties in beautifully with a tool to help you live a life that you can feel greater sense of ease and peace and come back to because we ride a roller coaster absolutely so that when you come back into that funk you can come back to using your imagination with the tools yeah because everything is in it, it all starts in the mind that's yeah. why we're in the funk so it's like we our, our mind is the creator of the funk so yeah. we can use our mind in different ways. And there, I, I offered this workshop for the first time at the beginning of this year. It was so beautiful and so powerful. And, and I love offering it at the beginning of the year because it's such a, a great way to come into a new year. You're coming yeah. into a new year consciously considering what energy you want to give to the most important areas of your life. 
mm-hmm. knowing that just because you spend the time 25 minutes in one session, it's not all just doesn't suddenly happen that day, right? But you, right. you get to see you get to see how it is you want to feel about right. this area of your life. And then we look at one or two action steps we can take, easy steps we can take yeah. to generate energy in that direction of making that possible. Hmm. So well, I'm really excited. Like I need energy. to sign up for that class too. Okay. <laughs> Who doesn't want to start their uh, year off imagining something powerful that's going to elevate their lives Absolutely. and carry with them into the year. And we can be doing this all the time. You don't have Heck to take yeah. my workshop to do. You can do it right now. When this conversation's over, grab, not you, Terry. Well, you, Terry, too. But anyone listening, you can grab a journal. Like you can. I hope you take my workshop, but you can put intention into this in your life in any way you choose. You can you can make visualization yeah. another tool in your your tool belt. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I love you. I love you too so much. So thank you. We, we, we are going to have to wrap up now. I always love having a conversation with you anytime. And I love it when we can share some uh, tidbits of inspiration and wisdom with other people that get to hear our conversation. So listeners, uh, Scott Stabile, all of his information will be here available on the Art of Impeccable Soul Care page and hit up the workshop. Um, I'll make sure there's a link for that as well. And maybe you'll see me in there. It would be fun. I'd like to manifest the money for Molly's wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. And <laughs> to help Molly pay with it. And I want to leave with one, one more right. quote from your book. And again, I just opened them at random today. I love that fire. Isn't Mm. that beautiful? Yeah. As we come into the solstice. Okay. The light within each of us fears nothing, accepts everything, and sees the value of it all as a means for deeper growth and healing. Trust in your light. It will make sense of your darkness. That's Ah, beautiful. That's a nice Especially as we're going into the solstice too. Okay. Any parting words, my friend? No, just I love you. And to everyone listening, so much love to you. And you are beautiful and enough exactly as you are. Thank you. And thank you for the breath. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, honey. Hey, this is your host, Terry Williams. Thanks for tuning in to the Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. For more information or to work with me, visit soulpractices.com and subscribe to my tribe. You'll be the first to hear about upcoming guests and workshops, free resources, and so much more. Until next time, thanks again. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.